0: So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit healthlock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's healthlock.com. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast.
1: All right, third hour, Clay
2: and Buck starts right now, everybody. I just got confirmation our main man, Clay, is in a land down under. He is in Australia. He is having a uh, great time so far. It's very, very early in the morning there, though, so I'm going to try not to bother him. But he sends you all regards. He's going to be chasing kangaroos in no time. Our friend Ryan Gurdusky joins now to talk about politics, etc. Ryan is the uh, the brain behind the National Populist newsletter on Substack, which I recommend to you, Mr. Gerduski, Always a pleasure. I hear you all. You have a multi poo, sir.
3: Yes, I have a five and a half year multi poo who's sitting right next to me right now. And oh, I have, nice. Uh, I have I have
2: my uh, three month old Australian Labradoodle. Who is equally parts adorable and crazy, which is uh, yeah. a lot of fun.
3: Um, Dogs are so, kind of like having a homeless crackhead in your house at all times. They could be very entertaining, but at times you never know if they'll be vomiting or peeing in, on something. It's just, it's great. It's great.
2: Yeah, she bit my foot yesterday on the radio, but she did it with love, as I said, so it was okay. <laughs> so so tell me this, man. I, I there's so much going on here, and you know, yesterday we got our. I got into the sense I have of there's something off with these numbers. The numbers can't be I know it's early and all that but something funky is going on here. Today we have this New York Times Siena poll. This to me the first it seems outlier among all the polls recently showing Biden up to if you're just taking a step back and looking at a Trump Biden matchup right now. We're not even looking at the primary for our purposes in this moment. What are the numbers really telling us and why is this Biden up to number coming out at this time?
3: Well, it's Biden up to among likely voters, which is not that much of an outlier, given the fact that if you look at a lot of polls, Biden dominates among people who voted in 2022, people who vote all the time. Where Trump's number was, and I think it was in the New York Times, Santa Cruz, yeah, and among people who did not vote in the 2020 election, among those who voted, which is not that many people, Trump's up 29 points. But among those who did vote in 2022 election, Biden is up two. So by Trump's entire game plan to try to win is people who don't turn out to vote. And Trump's main problem is is he has the worst, this is the New York Times poll, he has the worst record, worst level of support with college-educated white voters since Barry Goldwater lost a 40. 40- what, three-state landslide loss or 45-state landslide loss back in 1964. Um, he's down probably, he's down, according to your New York times Poll, 21 points among college-educated whites. This is a group that Mitt Romney won, and this is a group that he lost by five in 2016. Um, and this is a group that dominates, especially in very important swing states like Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. There's a lot of non-college-educated whites. But among this surge of support with Hispanics and Asians, um, and young minorities who really don't show very high, those numbers tend to help, might help them in a place like Texas, where a new poll came out today showing him up. Six in Texas where a place that he won by five. So he's about the same place, but maybe a little higher. Um, It might help him in Arizona, even though there's a lot of retirees who are older white um, voters. Um, That's where Trump's problem is, is among people who vote all the time, he is not doing very well at all. It is among people who almost never vote or vote very rarely that he has to see this huge surge of support. It could happen like in 2016, but it may not. So when you see
2: all these numbers, like the recent slew of polls, Ryan, that came out that showed Trump up in all the swing states, right? So I know when you're looking at national-level polling, it feels like, what does that really tell you? And um But when you're looking at individual swing states, I think maybe Wisconsin Biden was up one or two. But other than that, the most recent swing state polls seem to all indicate that Trump would be not just ahead, but considerably ahead. I I hate to ask the is that real question because it sounds like I'm being conspiratorial. But when you see that, what do you think? Are you thinking it's just too early to matter or the Democrats haven't run their playbook yet? Or are they in full on panic that Joe Biden can't actually be the guy?
3: Well, there's two stories. There's two things. One, there was a series of polls that came out. One was the Monmouth poll. One was the Wall Street Journal poll. And one was the Pew Research poll. They all came out over the weekend and they all had biden for the very first time at a 60% or higher negative rate the pew research poll had biden at 64% disapprove and 33% approve that is george w bush 2006 territory that is a place that are, a president has not been in in basically 20 years um, and that is very difficult to dig yourself out of he was even lo- losing he was, I even had a majority disapprove with post graduates uh college graduates what I try not to do, and which is very, very difficult for me and for basically everybody, is trying not to get frozen in time. I think that part of where why Trump is seeing stronger numbers with things like people like young black voters or black voters altogether. Maybe that's all illusion. Maybe it'll just be ninety two eight, ninety-three seven, just like it always is. But if it is a different story, if there is a break. Forward for Republicans where they can get double digits again with black voters, which they have not done since 2004. It's because the most conservative, most Strongly Democratic black voters are older black voters, and younger black voters are less Democratic. Remember Mitt Romney won; I think 14% of black men under 30 back in 2012. Those voters now are in their 40s, and younger black voters are not as connected to the Democratic Party as older black voters are. Um, and likewise, why is Trump doing poorly with seniors? Because when uh, me, being a cursed millennial, when I think of somebody being a senior citizen, it's somebody born. In the 1930s, when in reality, it's someone born in the late 1950s now. So the greatest generation, those who are the most conservative who ever lived, most Republican, really, who ever lived, they're all basically gone. They're certainly not a political force anymore. And they've been replaced with silent generation and um, baby boomers who are part of the hippie generation, the counter war movement, the um, you know Stonewall riots, the more progressive generation, and I think that that's where we're seeing kind of a change. If you look at overall these polls of why Trump is doing worse with seniors than maybe Romney did in 2012, or or where you know certainly Bush did in 04, um, and why he's doing better, possibly with sm- younger minority voters or minority voters overall, even though the sample sizes are small, because. One generation is replacing the next, and I think people kind of forget that to put that in their head.
2: Um, we're speaking to political analyst Ryan Gerdusky. Um, Ryan, I want to get you in trouble with some of this audience, uh, sure. so get ready for it. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I was talking about what could happen and what the what the break the glass plan, the Plan C or Plan D. You know, the now that the Biden numbers and you have said the Biden numbers are really bad, and they clearly are. Um, I I think the number one thing I hear from people now, I was hearing, oh, they're going to have a quick primary and it's Gavin Newsom. It's going to be Gavin Newsom. That was September, October of this past year. um Now it's, oh, Michelle Obama is going to be the consensus candidate who emerges from the DNC convention. Well, what do you think about that? And if you don't buy it, why don't you buy it?
3: So there, the primary slate is basically is done, I think, in every single state. It is not feasible for anyone to jump into a primary at this point. They cannot get ballot access in any of the states that matter, I think, all the way through Super Tuesday. So there's no more primaries. It's going to be Dean Phillips, Joe Biden, Marianne Williamson. That is it for the primary. Um, the idea that a broker convention is going to break out at the Democratic Democratic primary is ludicrous. It's just it's. It's not going to happen. It has never happened um, because there is no consensus even among Democrats of who is the next person. People, Republicans assume it's going to be Gavin Newsom because Republicans have heard of Gavin Newsom. And that's literally it. Gavin Newsom had a worse reelection victory in California than Ron DeSantis did in Florida. He is not an electoral force. He's not even that wonderful a debater. I watched him at the Sean Hannity debate. He did pretty terrible. Yeah, he was bad.
2: Um, I was shocked, actually, at how bad he was
3: you is horrible and there is a lot of other support on the ground for other democrats more than gavin newsom you have just not heard about it enough because you don't happen to democratic circles um gretchen whitmer has a huge huge fan base um the governor of uh, of illinois uh uh PJ, whatever his name is, the, got Pritzker. Pritzker. Pritzker, huge amount of support. Multi-billionaire who says he's gonna put a billion dollars of his own money into any campaign for, for a presidency. Jared Polis, the gay governor of Colorado, huge level of support. Um, Piki Buttigieg, there is some support out there for Kamala Harris. I know that sounds insane to believe, but there is. And there's also a big voice For another Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, AOC progressive type who has not emerged, somebody who's more pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel, that's probably a third to 35 percent of the Democratic voting primary that Gavin Newsom does not tap into whatsoever. So there is no clear electoral force. Democrats are very much in the same vein of who will succeed Joe Biden, where Republicans are if Donald Trump were to, you know, pass away or something would happen where he couldn't run. There would be an equal who is going to sit there and fill this void. It's a giant void to fill. It is not a consensus. There is no major support. And as far as Michelle Obama, this is a woman who hated being first lady, allegedly. She hated um, Barack running for politics. She hated, she did not even stay awake to see who won the 2016 campaign. She doesn't enjoy it. She has said a million times over, I would never run in a million years. She's a celebrity. She's making millions of dollars to sit there and make cooking books and dance with Ellen DeGeneres. She's not going to change that to be, and she's also, there's no proven record that she's going to be a political force either. We heard about Oprah Winfrey for 30 years. Michelle Obama is the new Oprah Winfrey. If she might be president she's not going to be president um well if Go i can just say biden. i i agree
2: i agree with that assessment <laughs> you put it more uh, more forcefully than i have but I, I just don't i don't think that's going to happen i think it's biden yeah, or kamala they, as i've been saying all along it's biden or kamala everyone just needs to understand that's what we're up against so um w- with all that in mind gonna
3: knock off, they're not going to knock off the first female black asian vice president for a white guy not the democratic party of 2023 that's not going to happen
2: yeah, I, I think that's true as well. Um Do you think that they... What what lets the Democrats sleep soundly at night to the degree that they can? Um, because evildoers have a tough time, I think, getting a good night's sleep. I'm just kidding. What makes them sleep soundly at night, given where Biden's poll numbers are? I mean, I was saying yesterday, I feel like there's a train coming. We're just looking the wrong way down the tracks right now. We're, there's got to be something going on. What do you think it is?
3: Well, I mean, Donald Trump is still incredibly unpopular, just like Joe Biden is. It's not like Donald Trump has support. I mean, the most popular presidential candidate, believe it or not, according to polls, is RFK Jr. Um, And there they have an immense amount of negatives for Donald Trump, and it's among people who vote all the time. So Donald Trump had no real great mobilizing effort on the part of the non-college educated white voter back in 2016 or in 2020. He's I don't know his team is different now, so maybe they do have a real campaign to get out low propensity voters. But it's hard. People vote based upon their history of voting. People have an effort to get out. People vote who vote, vote early, uh, who vote often, and the Democrats have a tremendous early get out the vote program. And Republicans are anemic in as terms of get early get out the vote. So they're going to come onto election day on 2024 with a million votes in Pennsylvania already, or half a million votes in Pennsylvania already, or a million votes in Pennsylvania already, they're going to have hundreds of thousands to millions of votes cast early in almost every single swing state outside Florida, which does Republicans do have a very strong get-up, is going to hurt Republicans, and it will be very, very difficult. And you may have a 2022 situation where because college-educated whites live in the right areas, and non-college-educated whites do not vote at a higher propensity, and minorities are living in, deep blue states where donald trump you know let's say he comes close to winning the popular vote but it's not enough in pennsylvania michigan or wisconsin because he closed the gap 10 points in new york and california there's always a possibility something like that could happen because of where people how they live and where they vote it matters immensely to sit there and get and have a real strong turnout effort and um, the rnc has been anemic in all their efforts to turn out voters.
2: Or, or how confident would you be that Trump would win, say, Georgia in a matchup against Joe Biden?
3: I think at this point it's looking very strong. Remember, there's also something going on. There's two things going on. There's the what the question of who's going to get on the ballot as far as third party candidates go, which will be important, and there is a big effort based upon pro-Palestinian supporters of not showing up for. I wrote this in my Substack, of the National Populist Newsletter on Substack, of uh of Muslims not showing up for Biden. If that is real, um you're going to see there's there's two hundred thousand Muslims living in Georgia right now. You know, the election could be decided by fifteen thousand votes. If they sit out, if that effort is real to make Muslims sit out, there is more than enough Muslims in Georgia, Arizona and Wisconsin to affect the election. So I think, given that Georgia is such, you such know, bad shape right now, and uh, uh um, I think that Georgia Republicans have a chance, I think Arizona has a better chance in, but Georgia they certainly have a chance in.
2: My friends, go check out Ryan Gruduski's National Populist Newsletter on Substack. It is excellent. Ryan, we'll be talking to you a lot in the coming year. Thanks so much for yeah. being here.
3: Appreciate it. You too. A
2: couple of months ago, I was introduced to the single greatest pre-workout supplement I have ever tasted, I have ever tried. The best tasting and the most effective. Okay. That's saying a lot because there's a ton of pre-workouts out there and some of them are really expensive and they don't work very well. They got a lot of junk in them. Chad mode, the pre-workout brought to you by chalk is the best stuff I have ever tried. And I'm, I'm actually going to have to go get another one because I'm already running through the first Chad mode that I got. This stuff is all clean, pure, good ingredients, all listed for you on the label, gives you energy, drive, focus. Sure, for the gym, absolutely, but also if you just need a little more oomph in your day or you've got a big task and you're going to clean out the whole garage, try a little Chad Mode. Trust me, my friend, you're going to be flipping uh, sofas upside down with one hand and using that vacuum like you've never vacuumed before. I mean, I'm telling you, you get a lot done. Chad Mode is phenomenal. You want to try it, go get Chad Mode at chalk.com. C-H-O-Q.com is that website. You can save 35% off a subscription by using my name, Buck, in your purchase process. So that's chalk, dot Save 35% by using my name, Buck, in your purchase process. Try Chad Mode. You'll get fired
0: up. Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Call 833 995 GOLD. That's 833 995 GOLD. One more time, 833 995 GOLD. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Grand
2: Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity and the American dream starts with purpose.
0: GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
2: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God.
0: Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
2: Welcome back in, team. Um, one thing that you're going to hear a lot of is uh, Trump derangement syndrome from the media. I want to get into some of that here coming up in just a minute. And then and then also uh, the w- way that you know our friend Ryan Gerduski was just like some of this out. The rift on the left that is emerging over, uh, well, I shouldn't say emerging, that has ripped open and continues to be a real political problem for the Democrats here at home is over the parts of the Democrat Party that want to be supportive to some degree of Israel. I mean, the Biden administration is already double-crossing Israel in some ways, which we knew would happen. But they had to at least be in the early days when anyone with a conscience was just Utterly horrified at what happened on October 7th. We knew that Biden would try to play at both sides. There are radical pro-Palestinian and, uh, you know, campus activists and Muslim American activists who are very pro-Hamas or pro-Palestine. Um, they're upset at the Democrat party and that's causing some problems. Uh, there was an interesting debate over on another show involving RFK Jr. on this issue where I gotta say, rfk jr right on israel well there we go he's right on the COVID vaccine he's right on israel he said some good stuff on the border he is however a democrat as i was saying all along and so people are like buck look at rfk jr for trump's vp that's that's not going to happen um but he is interesting and we will have a discussion on this coming up here in a moment there is turmoil going on the world so you don't want to miss Some obvious things on the home front that could really affect the way the markets are going. Our headlines are dominated by events in the Middle East, the ongoing war in Ukraine. But what about the $33 trillion of debt we have, my friends? And the constant money printing. And the inability of our government to stop the spending. Former Wall Street insider Tika Tiwari believes our biggest risk is not... World War III because of Ukraine, or what's going on in the Middle East, but the collapse of the U.S. dollar. That's why Tika has released a video with information that can help you prepare. Go to MoveYourCashNow.com to learn the three steps you need to protect, and do you need to take to protect or grow your wealth in the coming months and year. That's MoveYourCashNow.com. Moveyourcashnow.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Remember back in the day when there were presents that people would completely flip out that they had to get for their kids? The one that I remember is, uh, well, I didn't have kids, obviously. I was a little old to want one, but the, uh, the Tickle Me Elmo, you know? Elmo! You guys all remember this? And Tickle Me Elmo was the thing that you had to get your kids. There have been other times. I think that wasn't there a run on Cabbage Patch Kids at one point? Like they had a Cabbage Patch Kids and they ran out, you know, these these toys are being mass produced in uh China or Taiwan or whatever. And uh then they're sent over here and people stand in these long lines and it's like all the stress. I feel like that doesn't happen the same way anymore. There are those doorbuster Black Friday deal situations where people like trample people to get to the the DVR player, but Consumerism has gotten so much easier now. I try to think of the last time I even went into a, a store, um, like a store to just look around and buy things for myself. Uh, it feels like that's kind of, kind of rare, right? Because we can just get things that we need to get in so many different ways. Um, I can sit there. I'm pretty sure you can buy like a used, fighter plane on Amazon now, if you know where to look, or maybe a used tank or something. I mean, you can get crazy stuff with a s- few swipes of your thumb. And I, I remember growing up as a kid, and it was this, like, mad dash, to go to different stores to get some gifts. I don't have much money, so I just go to some stores where I can get something to give to my siblings or my parents. And I'm going to tell you something, you know, and in case my family's listening, I tried very hard. There was always this joke that they could tell which gift was from Buck because my wrapping job wasn't very good. And I, I, you know, it was pre-YouTube. I didn't know. I wrapped them as best as I could. I just, arts and crafts were never really my skill set. And so it would always look a little bit like, uh, you know, I don't know. It looked, looked a little bit like somebody fished it out of some bin somewhere and it had been through a lot when the present was wrapped up by me. But the point is... I wrapped it with love, even if it didn't look particularly good. You know, you gotta you gotta fold in the corners when you're doing the wrapping. I, you know, I was a young guy. I didn't know. My family's probably making fun of me right now because I still wrap this way. But I'm trying to get better. The one thing I will say about the world we live in now, with all these different video platforms, is you can. Uh, I mean, I learned how to cook from YouTube. I learned how to cook and learned how to do uh, some other things too from youtube learned how to do a little bit of basic computer stuff i couldn't do before so yeah this christmas season i'm just saying make sure your rapping game is on point because uh maybe people will make fun of you for your poor rapping in your family otherwise or you could just do what i do and convince everyone in your family that um there's no need for you to give adults presents yeah that's fine so i you know that's just how I, that's how we do it. For the kids, you gotta give them presents. You don't want them to think that Santa's giving them a lump of coal in their stocking. So we'll continue to, uh, to do that, obviously. My little nephew, he, he's, sw- he's like Scrooge McDuck, if you remember from the DuckTales cartoon where he swims in a vault of gold, except my little nephew swims in a vault of toys. He's just got toys everywhere. So that's all fun. All right. Back to, uh, we'll talk more Christmas stuff. Later on this week, and if you have any interesting Christmas, um, yeah, uh, Christmas, uh, traditions that you keep, uh, keep going, um, I try to convince, uh, my wife to make, uh, eggnog ice cream because it sounded good to me. And then she was like, really though? So I don't think we're going to do eggnog ice cream this week, but to me, that's the best version of eggnog, the kind that you drink. I, I, Ali, can you do a little, a little straw poll here of, if the team in New York are, are eggnog people, um, and I don't, I don't want to hear that it's a good way to, you know, to drink the rum. If it has to be, you like the flavor of the eggnog. It can't be that you can't tell that you're getting sauced because of the rum put in the eggnog, which, you know, that's a good way to mask. It's kind of like a, like a white Russian or something, you know, yeah, you can drink it that way, but there are easier ways to get some rum in your system. I'm just saying. I mentioned this, uh, this RFK throwdown. Now this is on, uh, this is on the Breaking Point show, which a little fun history is the continuation of a show that believe it or not, I actually launched at thehill.com years ago with my then co-host Crystal Ball. It was a left-right show. So I was the crazy conservative and she was the very left-wing person. Um, we agreed on nothing politically, but we managed to get along. Uh, fine for the year that I did the show. I did not stay there for very long because, you know, radio, uh, radio stuff happened and here I am. Uh, it was obviously the right move for me, but I was a big proponent of my then, um, my then fill-in host when I would be out on that show was actually Sagar and Jetty. So I knew Sagar from when he was the Daily Caller. Sagar stayed on at that Hill show. It was called Rising and then they left the Hill and started this show. Uh, breaking points. And so, I mean, I, I kind of put them together. I'm just saying, I, you know, I, I try to help people. I did. I'll do some good things for some people here and there. This is all just a matter of, uh, of fact, a matter of, uh, public record. But anyway, RFK Jr. was on the show. And I'm happy they've had all the success that they do. Um, you know, Sogers, uh, Sagar's very nice guy. RFK Jr., um, he, he had a throwdown with Crystal Ball, who was my former co-host, who, is is quite left quite left wing very left wing and i wanted to hear some of how this debate went play 14.
0: the palestinian people are arguably the most pampered people by international aid organizations are you in the kidding of the world. me no well, even not. before
1: this war 78 percent of people in gaza well, sure I mean, they had you know not enough food to eat
0: it's not israel's fault Gaza is poverty stricken. Gaza is, 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 should be one of the, the wealthiest states on the on the They have no
1: control over their own territory. Right, of they, course, Israel if you go, to war, if you go to war with you go.
0: Everything that comes in and goes out. If but, you go to war, no, you, Crystal. You, Crystal, you, why, you, why are you blaming? On. Why do you insist on blaming Israel rather than blaming no, Hamas?
1: I do blame Hamas, but well, you know Hamas. what, Bobby? Our tax dollars do not go to Hamas. They go to the net new hospital yeah, and get all the bombs, 22,000 bombs dropped on the population what? right you now.
2: Know. We actually do give, uh, aid to, uh, the Palestinians and the UN gives aid to the Palestinians. They are massive aid recipients, but, but more to the point, I think you kind of hear, and like I said, I agree with RFK Jr. in this sense of the, the, all the arguments that I hear. That, f- that somehow favor the Palestinians in this conflict, right? And we all know that people, everyone's picking a side. There's really no neutral ground in this discussion. All the arguments I hear that favor the Palestinians revolve around, well, some of them just revolve around like vile anti-Semitism and Jew hatred and, and a, a total lies, lies about October 7th, lies about you know, the Holocaust. I mean, there's, there's that component, but generally the, the more mainstream, the more, you know, common argument you hear on the left and among Democrats in this country always involves removing all accountability for everything from the Palestinian people. The Palestinian people are just innocent little victims in everything that happens, uh, in their name, in their statelet, in their region. It's never their fault. It's somehow never their fault. Isn't that so fascinating? What other group of people in the world get to have control of a country, get to get billions of dollars of aid or, you know, control of, of territory, billions of dollars of aid, the Israelis did a full-on pullout, as you know, and the Israelis left behind a lot of infrastructure and a lot of things That here, here you go, just stop firing rockets at us. Just stop harassing us with your nonsense. And they wouldn't do it. And somehow it's never their fault. You know, I mean, at some point, I'm sorry, like what what we witnessed in World War II, for example, with the Japanese, it was not a compelling argument here at home to say, oh my gosh, you can't bomb any of the Japanese, uh, any of the Japanese home islands. It's not the Japanese people's fault that their government went fully homicidal, genocidal, and tried to join the Nazis in taking over the world. I mean, actually, we had to defeat them. And war is ugly and war is horrible. And they started it. Same thing is true of Hamas and the Palestinians. War is ugly. War is horrible. We should avoid it at all costs, but they started this war. The Israelis have a right to finish it. That's where we are. All this stuff about, oh, it's not their fault. And you know, the, the, the blockade in Gaza and all this stuff. What kind of society have they built in Gaza? What kind of society? You know, I'll tell you something. Those of you who are uh, military veterans know exactly what I'm talking about. The Kurds in northern Iraq. The Kurdish people in northern Iraq—they—they they were gassed by Saddam. They were under threat of, you know, of constant violence and even, you know, genocidal acts by Saddam. And all. and even within the Iraqi state, the Kurds managed to build areas of relative peace, prosperity, and security because they weren't always trying to, you know, just. Send suicide bombers everywhere and, and, you know, fight, you know, and, and, and kill everybody in Turkey and kill everybody in Iraq. And no, they, they actually built prosperity in very difficult circumstances. And you look at what's going on. I know it's a different place, but I'm just saying that there are stateless people. The Kurds don't have a state. They're actually the largest stateless people in the world. They were promised a state by Wood, uh, by Woodrow Wilson back in the League of Nation days. There's somewhere in the na- neighborhood of 20 to 30 million Kurds worldwide. It's a lot of them, and in northern Iraq, that's where you'd go when you're in Iraq, and all you military guys know what I'm talking about. That's where you go, and you're like, "Wow, it's kind of it can be kind of normal here," because they focused on security and foreign investment and building infrastructure. And yeah, in Gaza, they focused on building rocket launchers and uh, and you know and mortars and weapons of murder against the Jews. And now they pay the consequences of this. Again, I know the conflict is complicated. The moral realities of it are not. There's also a moral reality going on in this country day in and day out in the fight for life. Every day, thousands of unborn babies never even get a chance at life. But in the midst of all of that darkness, we can actually make a difference. You see, there are people out there who are trying to fight back against the massive abortion industry, and it is an industry. There's a nonprofit, the Preborn Network of Clinics, that provides an alternative, a ray of light and hope. This year alone, Preborn has rescued over 40,000 babies' lives. Every day they save 200 unborn babies, and with your support, the pro-life community, they can do more. For example, they'll give ultrasound experiences to pregnant mothers when they go and visit the clinic. When, you, when that mother sees that baby, meets her precious baby on an ultrasound, hears that heartbeat, her maternal instinct so often kicks in, and that ultrasound makes all the difference. Preborn will then go on to provide two years of support for that mom who gives life to that baby, maternity clothes, baby formula, supplies, counseling, and unconditional love. It's a beautiful organization. It is saving tiny babies' lives. Is there a better way you could donate money this holiday season than saving lives out there? $5,000, I know that's a big price tag, but someone in this audience right now has that to donate, a leadership gift to donate to the pre-born network of clinics. It's tax-deductible, It's 100% tax-deductible, and it would allow you to run the entire pre-born network for 24 hours, every one of their facilities, all of the country, that is helping mothers, helping them make a choice that they will be forever grateful for, giving life to that tiny baby five thousand dollars and you're gonna save help save a couple hundred babies' lives. And for those of you who are saying, oh my gosh, Buck, it's times are tough. Five five thousand dollars, I don't have that. You have twenty eight dollars? That's like uh four lattes. Twenty eight dollars you can make a tax deductible gift to preborn. That will provide an ultrasound. That ultrasound, that twenty eight dollars you donate today for all you pro lifers who are listening, that twenty eight dollars could mean that there is a tiny baby in the womb who because of that ultrasound that you've sponsored is going to come into this world. This is a fight for life and we all can take part in it. All gifts are tax deductible and now through a match your gift is doubled. So if you can donate $100, guess what? It's actually going to, it's going to be $200 because of a matching gift. Go to preborn.com slash buck today. That's preborn.com slash buck or from your cell phone if you want to dial pound two five zero. That's pound two five zero on your cell phone and say the
0: keyword. Baby. Learn, laugh, and join us on the weekend on our Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast.
2: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
0: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You
2: can look to precious metals for various reasons.
0: up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
2: Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.
0: GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
2: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God.
0: Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
2: Man, the anti eggnog crowd is fired up right now online, sending us emails and hitting us up on uh, on Twitter. The you know uh, we need Team Eggnog to start to speak up because it's sounding like I don't know. We, we got a lot of eggnog haters in this uh, in this audience right now. I was just looking it up before. It turns out, eggnog, they believe, according to food historians, comes from uh, comes from adding a bit of um, ale or grog to some curdled milk. Mmm, yummy. Uh, and they think it is the, the tradition goes all the way back to uh, the, the medieval era. Um, and then some monks came along and added some figs to sweeten it up. I got to say you look you look at like a cappuccino monks champagne monks the monks out there you guys back in the day were doing a lot of a lot of beverage exploration I believe even adding sugar to the thing that I probably am more addicted to than anything else in the world chocolate that was something that monks did in Europe after they brought the cacao uh, back from the new world if you know this uh, already well you might know this already The Aztecs, uh, were drinking what we think of as chocolate. Initially it was a very bitter drink with chilies in it. It was not sweetened. They weren't adding sugar to it. Um, and it was considered some kind of, you know, elixir for religious purposes and stuff too. I think chocolate still serves the religious purpose of making me feel good in my tummy every time I eat it, which is very important. But eggnog is getting, um, is getting people very divisive right now oh i i checked this out too because i was curious i by the way my family is pro eggnog i'm just going to say i'm going to out my own the sexton family my my parents are, are pro eggnog um I, I don't know they also like strawberry ice cream so you know sometimes the apple does fall far from the tree because i'm not particularly an eggnog guy that's why i wanted it in the uh i wanted it in the ice cream form i'm trying to see here how much of this stuff is actually... It, there's some crazy amount of this. A According to some communist website that I won't name on the air, but um, it is a 130 million pounds of eggnog are sold every year in this country. That's a lot. And it's only really something that people drink this time of year. You know, this is like a little bit of the... If it's such a good flavor, and this sends the pumpkin spice people into fits of rage too... But if it's such a good flavor, why is it only a seasonal flavor? Oh, because we're going to save the flavor for just that one time of the year? This is how I always felt about Cadbury eggs growing up. I loved Cadbury eggs, and I was always bitter that you could only get them around Easter. I'm like, why not year-round Cadbury eggs? doesn't make sense to me. But, you know, I guess some people, they like to create artificial scarcity, like what you have with the diamond market. Although thanks to artificial diamonds, that's changing a little bit. We cover a lot of ground here on Clay and Buck, and uh, we're going to continue to do that tomorrow. Uh, Let me see, later this week, uh, I believe we have Chip Roy joining us. He's been in the uh, headlines recently, talking about the border, talking about Iowa caucuses, stuff like that. Uh, We've got some other guests that will be joining in, probably do some history of Christmas stuff here, as well as we get later on in the week, because, you know, why not? I'm excited about all of that. The team right now weighing in and saying, um, oh, we got Chip Roy tomorrow. Oh, that's great. But uh, my team in New York, there are at least a few of you that are saying you like both eggnog and strawberry ice cream. And I just, this is what i got to say. Guys, we are a civilized people. Eggnog and strawberry ice cream? This is madness.